You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. It seems like customer loyalty or really a culture of loyalty is declining. You know, I remember when phone companies would give loyalty discounts and now they give discount they give they give discounts for switching. <laughs> yeah, right, right. If you leave your guy, we'll give you a discount. But there's not loyalty discounts. Is that a do you think that's a shift in culture or is that companies um, missing the point? No, no the the interesting thing is that the, the rules of marketing haven't changed. The technology's changed, right? And the, and the mediums that we uh, sell through and follow up through have changed and they've become very impersonal. Does not mean that you can't turn that into a personal, um, personal contact. Um, it started out, you know, I have this uh, lady who, has a lamb leather sash bag. It's a beautiful handbag. I, I, I joined her because of her customer service. And every bag that went out had a little card in it, thank you, and this. And then a week later, there was another card saying, do you like your bag? Is it heavy? You know, you anyway, it just was this continued thing. And the, the bag is called the sash bag. And so she created this this. Facebook group of Sash Sisters, and now there's a Sash Sisterhood, right? And over the years, it's grown powerful enough. There's you know twenty thousand you know ladies in this Sash Sisterhood. So um, my client, she once a year she rents out like a, a big hotel ballroom and and says, okay, the Sash Bash is what October, whatever weekend, right? And would you believe that hundreds of women from all over the US and Canada fly in for the sash bash, not knowing another person that's in, that's there. And all the only thing they have in common is they own sash bags. That That's a testament to customer loyalty, okay? And she's developed the entire loyal customer base online. There's virtually no outside sales other than online. Do you, do you think that's something that you can you can manufacture that that sort of loyalty or do you think it's just organic and it either happens for you or or not? I mean you, there are companies great like yours that has sure. great, you know, great loyalty. Uh, you know, I think like Harley Davidson has great loyalty, but there's some that's just it's commoditized. How do you make decisions to create that kind of customer loyalty? Yeah, the the interesting word was manufacture. Do you manufacture it? You you have to have the mentality to want to do it, right? And then whatever means you use to create the loyalty, I, I guess that's sort of manufacturing it, but it's with a with a high purpose. And if I think it comes back to the founder of the company or the the top executives of the company to want to see your company perceived in a certain way. And then you go out of your way to create promotional materials and online messaging and all that to, to sort of back up that vision. 
So in a way, it's manufactured, yeah, but it's it's manufactured in a way that that used to happen back before the internet. You know, you, you'd have advertising agencies would manufacture a campaign to try and you know promote the image you want. Just remember the brand. The brand is not your trademark registration, right? Your brand is not your logo, and your brand is not the product, right? The brand is what do consumers, especially your customers, what do consumers think of you? And that has to come from a vision and a belief that is, for want of a better word, manufactured and put out there. So it's not... Try it's not dilute, you know. That you're not trying to you can't uh, trick people into being loyal to. No, you can't. Yeah. It has to be genuine, and they can tell. That believe me, that doesn't matter if it's reading a newspaper or watching it online. They can tell what's genuine and what's not. Yeah, and you know when I say when I say manufacture, I, I guess the the word would be you know In, intentional. In, you know. Influence it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I see a lot of badly manufactured ads. <laughs> They're just, you know, just got to open up Facebook and, and every every third post on my Facebook account, which, you know, I don't seem to have any people I know on my Facebook account. They're all sort of ads and people I don't know. But those ads, boy, they're slick and they're fast. And boy, I, I've listened to some of them for 20, 30 minutes, you know, trying to figure out, well, well, what's the product? What are, what are they selling? <laughs> they, they showed me 50 ways that I have to have this or I'm going to die. But what's the product, you know? And I stick on and watch them just purely out of curiosity what they're offering. And, and that's really bad. You know, that's slick, badly manufactured advertising. But it must work because they're all doing it. Well, like the woman who created the community of people who purchased her bags, how do you create community around the ownership of a product, particularly when that product is uh, at a lower price point, right? Like I can understand why a Harley owner feels a part of the Harley community. Right? So Harley Davidson's created customer loyalty because they have a community of ownership of those Harleys. It, and organize group rides. It's there's there's a barrier to it's entry. Part of your yeah. it's part of your identity if you've spent forty five thousand dollars on a motorcycle and you ride it around all the time, right? Um, yeah, that's one way of looking at it. But people who wear UGG boots are just so damn proud of the fact that hey, these are UGGs, right? Yeah, and they're only one hundred and eighty bucks, right? But it it puts them in a club. Right, it puts them in a club of I am an UGG wearer, and anyone who knows UGGs is going to know that I've got a great product. Right, so the sash bag, and, and it, it, if if you know if any, anybody watching, you want to score points and buy one of these for your wife, you'll you'll be a real hit. It's lamb leather, so it's exactly the same product as what you have on the desk, except there's no fleece on it. Right, lamb leather. Um, and it's it's incredibly ergonomically practical, and it's it's got a very distinctive look, and the color ranges, and the the palettes, and the fringes, and all the accessories. It, if you get seen on the street wearing one of these, I, I swear a woman could not spend a day on the street wearing one without being asked five times, "Hey, where'd you get that bag?" Okay. So it's got that similar cachet. To, so if uh, it's unique enough and and, yeah, and oh, high very, quality enough, people will be proud. Just don't buy the thug version how do you, of it. Yeah, yeah. How do you think? 
do you think it's possible for for um, service companies to create that type of loyalty, right? Because the answer that you seem to be giving is that in some way, part of my identity as a customer of UGG is that, you know, is my ownership of this product, right? Yeah. Where um, my ownership, my identity, my self-identity might not be rooted in, um, you know, a service that I pay for or, a, you know, where I get my hair cut or something, Pretty something high. that's less Good visible. Question. It's less visible. So if you if you have a product, I'm starting to see how you could create brand loyalty with the product and create community and identity, self-identity with the customer base. If you have a service that you're selling and not a product that cannot be, you know, uh, people are not going to ask me on the street, uh, you know, I say, who did my taxes or who my realtor yeah, was. That, or, that, or that, It's going to come back to you in the form of testimonials. Uh, and that's, remember when I said you never advertise your product, right? Let's yeah. say you're a CPA and you're wanting to grow your business, right? You don't go out and advertise, you know, all the debits and the credits that you've put together the last <laughs> years, right? It's it's all about, um, hey, you know, the, somebody's talking and said, hey, I, I had this huge problem with my finances and CPAs came in. And they made it so easy for and, and and God, I'm so glad that they came because it saved my company, right? That's that's how you advertise your service type business, right? And if you have a if you've invented a software that saves time, like a, a new spreadsheet that saves incredible amount of time, you don't put a thing on 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 your your web page with you know the photos of engineers working on computers and copies of the packaging of the software you don't do any of that you have some guy waist deep in the in the bahamas in 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 you know in the mediterranean somewhere it doesn't matter where drinking a martini with all the time he's saved from using your software so there's a subtle shift into how you you advertise a service rather than a product but they're both quite you know they're, they're both they have the same marketing principles behind them what do you think needs to happen though for for that sense of identity and pride in the the client or the customer related to a service right you know when i wear my ugg boots i'm proud of my ugg boots when yep. people see me in my ugg boots they ask me about them if it's uh software on my computer that really helps me a lot and i'm really happy about it i i never get I never have that pride invoked. I never have people question, hey, where'd you get that weird new, you know, editing software? Um, yeah, it doesn't come tough. up. <laughs> it's just the nature of the uh, product itself, yeah. But if you're at a convention and uh, you were demonstrating somehow you were getting five more times appointments than anybody else and people started noticing going, oh, shit, what are you doing? Then you'd have no problem, tell problem telling everybody. Well, that's a good point. I guess there are some services that, that um, I can identify in my own life that I am proud of, uh, that I brag about. It's yeah. usually when I know that the other person doesn't have it or can't get it. Like gotcha. what? Well, like if uh, if there's something that I'm using in my business and I know based on the way one of my other friends who's in a similar industry, the way his business is set up, uh -oh. I know that he's either restricted from using it or it's not practical or you know he probably wouldn't have spent the money. I'll be like, oh, I'm using this. 
you're probably not using it. You probably can't use it. Well, da 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 da. I go, let me tell you how good it is. And then those are the ones I'm most proud of. You, you do that. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for making the great decision to listen in to this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.